Greetings, everyone. My name is Angie John Terrier, and I'm inviting you to Ring Talk, Episode 1. And boy, oh boy, have I got a guest for you this evening. His name is Jean-Yves Terriot, the Iceman. He is 23 times world kickboxing champion. He is a member of the Canadian Black Belt Hall of Fame. And he is what they call now a GOAT. Greatest of all time, definitely in Canada, and one of around the world. He is also my BFF, my best friend forever. We have been together for 50 years, champ. Do yeah. you want to think about that? Amazing. 50 years. Amazing. And we've done so many things. So we're going to share our experience together. So I'm going to start with you, Jean-Yves, because uh, when you... Let's go back to when you started in martial arts. Give us a, Absolutely. your introduction. Well, I started in 1972, as you well know. Um, I think that... Uh, and I was 18 years old. And I think that... Uh, you know, young men at that age will probably uh, wonder how would I fare if you're watching a, for example, a fight in this in the in the schoolyard. How would I fare? And I was as scared as a rabbit. I was never very confident in my ability to fight because I didn't know how to fight. And so uh, I sort of uh, talked to my brother Vic, who became a really good martial artist, as Extremely you well know, good competitor. and yeah. a friend of mine too. Let's go and register to a, to a, in a sport different than karate. We're looking for something a little different than karate. And the karate was very big at the time. And we'll go with the, this Jew, Jew, yeah, that stuff. <laughs> that, that Jew. <laughs> that, that's it. So yeah. we, we showed up at your door, evidently, and uh, I signed up. Uh, I was legally uh, uh, underage, of age. Underage, yeah. <laughs> and my brother was even worse, and my friend as well. But... Uh, uh, that was the, the beginning of a, a great adventure. Uh, and, you know, I started, as you well know, uh, in 72, in May of 72, and I'm still with the organization after having spent, uh, you know, all of my life bouncing around the world and talking to people about, you know, going to see one particular, you know, trainer or uh, get these people to do your management, or blah, 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 blah. Well, I was lucky enough uh, to uh, hit uh, a home run right off the bat. I, I, uh, I certainly appreciate and, uh, and forever grateful that uh, you were there to witness my career. You know, Jean-Yves, it was, uh, I, I think we grew up together because I was a jiu-jitsu student. I became a jiu-jitsu instructor. I started to compete. I did okay, but I knew I was never going to be a champion. I knew that. But I said, maybe I can be a good coach. So I started to coach in point fighting. And you got disqualified most of the time because you would hit and knock everybody out, and then you got disqualified. So we just kept going, and then the sport of kickboxing arrived. I switched you because you wanted to do it. You know why, because of Jeff Smith and yeah, stuff. And yeah, if you yeah. want to talk about that, it's fine. <clears throat> and we had about 10 or 12 very good jiu-jitsu students who switched over from point fighting to kickboxing. But you're the one that went right through the roof and all the way up. Yep. Maybe you want to explain that, that shot in the arm yeah. that Jeff Smith yeah. gave Well, you. certainly, I, uh, I remember it well. Uh, you may not be a champion as a fighter, but you're a champion as a promoter and a coach. And uh, there's a lot of people, a ton of people that owe you a great date, great debt of uh, gratitude. I, one, of the, one of the events that was promoted on closed circuit TV at the time was a... Um, a boxing match, and I was always a boxing fan. Yeah. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Yep. And uh, I was a Joe Frazier fan, and uh, a lot of people <laughs> around here were Muhammad Ali fans. And so, <laughs> and, uh, so I went there. <clears throat> One of the pre preliminary fights was a kickboxing fight, of all things. I've heard, I had heard of kickboxing before, never really saw anything except maybe. Uh, uh, you know, wild world, wild world of sports on the on the afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, and all of a sudden I'm looking at this, and they're punching and kicking, which was something I was doing, and I remember very distinctively I sort of looked up in the air, <laughs> and I said, "This is why you brought me here," yeah. and I, that was a moment. That was a 
evidently a life-changing moment for me, and I, I, I truly believe that the destiny was sort of unfolding in front of me. Jair, you're so right. I was at that fight with you, and I watched it, and I saw something different. I didn't know what it was, yeah. but I liked it. Yeah. And you, and it was like a vision from God that's saying, bang, here's the strike, you know, Absolutely. the lightning. Yeah. And then we went back, and in the beginning, my God, my God, <laughs> my God. We, we were padding and everything, yeah, and had yeah, running yeah, shoes yeah, and yeah. whatnot. We, it, it was caveman, it Absolutely. was Neanderthal yeah. <laughs> kickboxing routine, but we evolved, and yeah. then we got better than there. Speaking of training and evolving, you've been in the ring close to 20 years, mm -hmm. right? Nonstop. Yeah. And you had some training routines. Maybe yeah. you want to talk a little bit about yeah. your routines yeah. because we have a lot of future maybe world champions yeah. they'd like to Absolutely. know. Absolutely. As you mentioned, when we first uh, started doing our kickboxing routine, uh, after the first session, I puked. <laughs> that was, I wasn't used to pushing myself hard yeah. like that and stuff like that. And I realized, okay, I got to get myself in shape. And at the time, I, I started running a little bit, and I was hitting the bag and doing skip rope uh, and uh, working out a little bit harder than what I had been used to. And now we booked a fight for me. Serge yeah. Shimar. Uh, uh, at the Ottawa Tech High School. Ottawa in, Tech, in, no in, ring, in, just a mat. No ring, oh, running man. shoes, yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and again, I mean, I never really understood the, the importance of the anxiety level that, that would get you out of your conditioning level because yeah. uh, it cuts uh, your, your ability to breathe and then relax and stuff like that. So and after one round, and thank God I, I was able to finish only because he got more tired than I did, I think. <laughs> and again, after the event, I went to the washroom and uh, gave it back. I, I remember your lunch <laughs> and your pizza from yesterday came up. Yeah, yeah. and uh, evidently, at the time, uh, things had to change. I said, I, you know, I, uh, there was a moment I said that if I want to continue doing this, I have to change the way that I train. And I studied a little bit. Uh, there was a some information from uh, one of your mentors and your trainer or your, your jiu-jitsu coach or Sylvain yep. and he talked to me about uh, some of the routines that were being done around the world not just in boxing but in swimming and in, in, in sprinting and so on and so forth and I thought okay there's these guys are in shape and so uh, I started putting together uh, a workout routine uh, that would sort of serve me for the rest of my life I was lucky enough to have a gentleman uh, as a trainer because after a while you understood that there yeah. may be some limits to your ability to Very push much. me forward yeah. and we you recruited the uh, uh, yeah. uh, God bless him and he uh, Guy had the same sort of mentality that I did and uh, that would be to have a plan in order to follow that plan yeah. to get your root you know your routine done and get all of your components that are important for fighting like uh, shadow boxing and footwork and you know hitting the bag and sparring and all that stuff he had he, he drew a, a a template for me and okay champ you have to do this i wasn't champ then you have to do this and, <laughs> this and this and this and this and at the end of the week i would look at how many rounds of uh, footwork i did and how many rounds of this I did. And I was a little bit lacking in one, and so I had to adjust. And all of a sudden, I think you'll remember one of the fighters that I fought, uh, uh, Rodney Batista, the first time in oh. Ottawa. It was a great fight. Yeah, I want to talk about him in a minute because that was Ali Fraser. That was, a, that was that a great was fight. That was Ali Fraser, you and Batista. You'll remember he said, uh, after having been interviewed, um, so what do you think of our local guy? He said, well, uh, you know, he, uh, he's, not, he's not great at anything, but he's good at everything. And Guy got, got oh, pissed off at that one. But that's what, you know, <laughs> this, this is what he was saying, is that you, you, you've covered all the bases. And incidentally, he was the one that sort of inadvertently gave me that, that nickname Iceman. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, at the following that. day, you know, Iceman commented in the newspapers. That was kind of cool. But, uh, uh, yeah, the routine was developed and tweaked over the course of years. And, and uh, I, would, I would also take my, my resting heart rate and then my uh, active heart rate. And Tell us about your resting heart rate, the lowest it's been. Yeah, yeah I, I started taking <laughs> notes. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, in the morning, my... 
And it was the, probably the best time for me to take uh, your resting heart rate. And it was like 48. And I said, wow, man, I'm uh, lower than the average. And I worked and then I worked and then I worked. And over the years, I dropped it down to 36, resting yeah. heart rate. I remember the pre-fight one time the doctor took to check the heart rate. Psh, psh, psh. This thing was not working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, that was a, you, you were a true blue athlete. You never cheated. Yeah. I never had to tell you, you got to train. Yeah. You trained. Yeah. And when there was a time for a fight, you'd walk up, remember, 15 steps, the yeah. landing, 15, 15 steps. steps. Sweat equity started at the landing. Right? <laughs> That's By it. the time you got up there, you yeah. were all soaked yeah. in the summer months. And you would throw your bag on the on the big heavy day, but you would always do your workout. Absolutely. You never cheated yourself yep. Yep. to work out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when there was a fight, I'd say, chap, see me after, I got a fight. Okay? You'd come up, and I'd say, you're fighting uh, Steve Mackey. When, where? Mm -hmm. There was never a question of, uh, got to get this. You knew I was going to get whatever it was. Guy Mallette would walk in. We got a video of this guy! You know? <laughs> and I'd say, because Guy was really, really exciting yeah. guy. And I said, yes, Guy, it's, it's ordered. And it was not like today. There was no cell phone. and yeah. there, was no, right. there was no internet. That's there was right. nothing. Right. You know, we're talking yeah. late 70s. Yeah. And then we got things put together. So that was pretty good. <laughs> you, you, in those training... You really deserve to be there. And part of the championship team later, we brought in Marc Brunet. Of course. And tell us about yeah. Marc Brunet. He was a sharp guy. Mar Marc, was, Marc was very good. Marc was, uh, <laughs> had a different method than Guy did. Yeah. Evidently, Guy was, well, you have to do this, you have to do this. And after a while, he, he sort of understood that I know what I'm doing. And... I understand what I, I can do today based on my run in the morning. If I run really hard, Guy, I'm, you know, this, today is going to be easy. Mark was, um, I, I loved him, man. He, um, he had a very subtle way of correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, one day. He, uh, I think I was having difficulty throwing my hook punch. And then, you know I'm anal with this stuff. It's got to be close to perfect as, 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 uh, as possible. And, uh, he was detecting something uh, not quite right with it, and he asked me, he said, Hey, uh, Jean-Yves, you want to show me how to throw that hook? And I'm starting to explain, and I all of a sudden, oh, you, <laughs> you son you of a it. bitch, yeah. you, <laughs> you got me. So asking me how to explain to me was a way for him to tell me we need to work on it, to straighten it out. So God bless him, man. Well, this is so nice, and uh, yeah, I like Mark too. And yeah. then, uh, but I, I got to talk about three key moments in your career that changed Canada for one, but changed the world. The first one, Bill Wallace retires. I'm trying to line him up to fight you, and Bill had done his career undefeated, mm -hmm. uh, another GOAT, greatest yeah, of all time, yeah. and it went well, so the PKA said we're gonna have a runoff. And they get you to fight Emilio Narvez mm -hmm. in Boston, Boston, in yeah, Revere, Massachusetts, right, yeah. and uh, they also get you, they, they get Don Wilson to fight Rodney Batiste. Exactly. In, the, in uh, Florida. Florida. Florida, yes. And so the fight for the world title is going to be, and I had to fight hard to get that fight here, because all your career you fought mostly out of town, and so you needed, I said, this is a hometown thing, we want it good. So... We go to Boston to fight Emilio Narvez. And that fight, first thing that comes to mind is the long count. count exactly. We get there, and his instructor, Ray, Ray, Martin. Martin, Ray Martin, is the referee. I go, hey, guys, you got to change this. And I was so mad. And I think he had a cousin or a brother-in-law as a judge. Exactly. And I said, chap, we're going to... This is what you told me. You said, I don't need any damn referees or judges. I'm going to knock this guy out. And never you say that. Yeah. But this was the biggest fight. I was pissed off, too. Of course you were yeah. pissed off. And it was for the title. Yeah, exactly. Take us to that fight. Yeah. Because that was, and Narvez was good. Yeah, was Narvez excellent. was good. That was the second fight I had with him. I high fought in Kitchener. In Kitchener for Ron Day. Ron Day and uh, Wally Sloki, uh, one of my martial art heroes, uh, was the referee. And uh, we didn't know each other then, but I really admired him. I, I, I followed his career as much as I could. And uh, so we get, and it's very, very hot in there. It's just like a barn. And I yeah. probably lost five, six pounds just waiting in the room, in the change room. 
so we go in the fight and we start fighting and I, I, I in the seventh round I, 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 I hit him yeah. and he went down and Wally gave him a count and the, and the fight was over uh, but uh, Narvez was um, saying that the count was too fast and blah 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 and in any event, uh, that was a victory and uh, maybe controversial in his mind, but you know, I go, I'm going forward. I don't have any time to spend there arguing. And so uh, we booked the second fight uh, in Revere, Massachusetts. Doug Marshall was the... Uh, was the uh, yes, the promoter. The promoter. Oh, man. What yeah, a character. Yeah, what a guy. And uh, so we get there, and prior to the fight, like you say, we find out that his, uh, his, his instructor... Ray Martin was the referee, yeah. and one of his, I don't know, a family member was one of the officials, and that, I certainly, I may have, been, I may have appeared calm, but I was pissed off as well, and, well, and so that's when you said, you know. reason, yeah. Yeah, that's what we said, we're going to try and, and change the, the, the setting to make it more fair, so oh, that, don't, don't worry, John, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and uh, I, fifth round, I believe, fifth or sixth round, yeah. I believe, and I knock him down again, and uh, the referee gave him a count of 17. Well, better than that. It was on the ESPN. Right. All right. And they showed the last 30 seconds. That's right. 29. Yeah. 28. And at 17, we have that on video. Right. He goes down. Right. 16. 17. He, a standing eight count that lasted 17 seconds. Yeah. And he carried him to the corner yeah. to sit him down. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, the following round, I think one or two rounds later, you put him in La La Land, and that was the end of that fight. Then we come back for the world title fight. I had to pull all the strings I knew and all the savvy that I knew to get that fight in Ottawa. I, I thought you deserved to fight here. Bring all American judges, that's fine. But in the meantime, Batiste... And Wilson fought in Florida. Wilson won that fight right. on decision. Right. But he would not come to Canada to right. fight That's you. Right. And, and Don Wilson's a great champion. It's Absolutely. not a knockdown. This Very is good. early in the day. Yeah. Maybe bad advice. And they were fighting in a bar with 300 people. We had 4,100 and something at the Ottawa Civic Center right. with media and everything. Yeah. So... Betis had lost. They could not put him there. And Wilson did not want to fight. Bill Wallace fought Robert Biggs from St. Louis. For his retirement fight. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah for his retirement fight. And I was a, an official there. As a judge, you see the famous picture of Wallace this way. And you look at the bottom of the ring, you see a John Darien with long hair, <laughs> right? And he won a 12-round decision and retired. Right. So the PK says... Robert Biggs went 12 rounds with Wallace, did an excellent, excellent fight. We're going to bring him to fight Jean-Yves Terrio for the world title, yeah. which was justified yeah. and good. It was very, very anticlimactic. In the first round, he ducked into one of your kick, yeah. and you opened him up with 60 stitches, yeah. 30 inside, 30 outside, blood all over the place. I remembered like it was this morning. I had my tuxedo with the <laughs> all the frills around it back in the day, and this was November 15, yeah. 1980. Yeah. I realized what happened, but it was so anticlimactic. It was like silent in the in the civic center. I jumped in the ring and I, I jumped I on you, and I said, "You're at top of the world, baby!" Yeah, and then that happened. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, but of course, I remember. You also said, "Hold me, because I'm going to fall off." <laughs> <laughs> again, again. <laughs> now that fight in Ottawa created a world champion. So that woke up all of Ottawa, yeah. people who want to be in the fight game. Right. But the one that did the magic was one year later, Rodney Batiste, April 25th, 19, uh, 1981. April, yeah. First title defense. Exactly. It's a 12-round fight. And my God, Ali Fraser in kickboxing. And this was maybe one of your one of the best fight in kickboxing for action and for the crowd. Yep. Take us to that fight. First was, title uh, defense. Absolutely, I uh, I remember exactly what you said. The first uh, time I won the world championship was anticlimactic because yeah. you train and train and train. You train for you know two months, six weeks, two months, whatever. But you also train all your life to bring. That's it right. Here, right. That's right. And. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, okay, I'm world champion, and but there was an emptiness. I mean, I didn't talk about it because you know, the, in the moment we were just celebrating, and but uh, the following days, there's 
this was way too easy. This, there's something <laughs> wrong here. In any event, I fought a couple of times. Uh, I think I fought the Mc, um, Glenn McMorris. Glenn McMorris. Yes, you did. And then I fought. Batiste. Uh, Batiste but Glenn McMorris was not a title defense. No. It was a warm-up fight exactly. for the first title exactly. defense. And uh, so Batiste uh, um, thought that he should have won the, the uh, Wilson fight. Yeah. And uh, his uh, camp was uh, clamoring for a world championship, and evidently you booked that one. Yeah. And the uh, first time I went 12 rounds, and that was a you know jubilation for me. I I, I felt great, and it just justified my training rhythm. Yes, of course, rhythm and yeah. my training regime. And uh, he, uh, he was, Rodney's a great guy. He sent me a text just the other, just the other day. Rodney? Yeah, he said, uh, "Oh man, I played my greatest round, 92 or something." I said, <laughs> "I got you beat, man. <laughs> I got you beat." <laughs> In golf, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, uh, yeah, he. It was a great fight. Uh, that was the second fight, uh, or. You know, it was the first fight that we had together, and uh, and he, uh, Jeff was his, Jeff Smith was his corner man. That's right. So that was a great, that was a great fight. We deserve a, re a rematch, and we did the rematch. And we did the rematch in Montreal. But he yeah. was also part of the June Repower team, exactly. which is something yeah. really great. So that opened up Ottawa in a big way. Then the next fight. This is where. It, this is where Canada started to go. You win the title in Ottawa, everybody says, hey, yeah. one of us won. Yeah, exactly. And then we started to speed up. Yeah. Then we go to Montreal. First fight in Montreal, Jarvis Gardner, January 26, 1982. Real Massey is the promoter. I'm not at the weigh-in. I'm still in Ottawa, and I'm going to join in for the fight. And... Jarvis Gardner is taller a little bit than you, and he's built like... Not, uh, not this, this. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he's unbelievable, thing. and he's got a six-pack before it was uh, fashionable. Masi calls me. Hey, tabernak, have you seen this guy? I go, oh, don't tell me that he thinks this guy is a bum. This guy is really, really good, and it's a title defense. <laughs> and I said, um, why? He said... You should see how strong he is and how, how built he is. Because he had hit the bag, too. He's, He's going to kill Terrio. I said, okay, that's all I want to hear. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you at the fight. I'll yeah. be there tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So the fight happens. The boxing world is there. The martial arts world is there. There's no kickboxers yet. Okay? And the wrestlers are there. All the media is there. And the whole damn place is like... Not anticlimactic, but kind of quiet because they don't know they're, what to expect. They don't know what to expect, but they're expecting something. You step in the ring. Yeah. Go from there. Little guy. Little guy. Big like this, yeah. guy, big like that. And, of course, uh, there's a oohs and ahs. And, <laughs> and uh, I remember squaring off against uh, Gardner. And he was, he was, he, he he was, was good. big, he was muscular, but he was also fast. And I remember ducking under one punch and then ducking under another punch. And he dropped his hands, and I skipped and followed, uh, hit him with a roundhouse kick. A roundhouse kick, a kick uh, knockout. In Montreal, the first time somebody saw somebody else, you know, being knocked out by a kick, evidently, uh, you're right. That was a that was a, a takeoff fight. Uh, it changed the world. It, cha it changed the world, and it made Montreal the hotbed of kickboxing in the world, not Canada, Absolutely. but in the world, you're because right. yeah. your next fight banned us in Ontario. Mm -hmm. That cost us three years and three months of our lives, yeah. trying to fight it with the Ontario government. Yeah. Then the next one is January 1983. You fought Steve Mackey, but between January 82 and 83, I said, champ, get ready. You were always ready. I said, this year you're going to be busy. Yeah. You had 13 fights in 12 wow. months. Yeah. What people don't understand, you had 77 pro fights. Yeah. 77, that's a hell of a lot of fight. And 13 in 12 months. Now we go to Montreal, we go to Toronto. Everybody in Toronto, Don Cherry was there, the Toronto Maple Leafs were there, all, all the karate guys. Yeah. I mean, it was jam-packed. The scenario is what we lived in, in Montreal. This is a new thing for them. And, uh, oh, it, it, and, and yeah, they didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Then you knocked out Steve yeah. Mackey with a jumping round kick. Yeah. You, remember, you remember prior to that, though, we, uh, you were talking to uh, George Chevalo and uh, <laughs> the commissioner, uh, yeah. uh, Clyde Gray, 
And uh, prior to that fight, maybe a couple of months before, you had a local star, uh, Nicky Ferlano. World boxing. And he was a good, he was a very good boxer. And yeah. he had like 2,000 people. And, this, and I think like Ray said at the time when we, when we booked this fight, this is never going to come off the ground. I mean, we, we had 2,000 people with uh, Nicky Ferlano, who's a local guy and blah, blah, blah. And we come in there and we drew, I think, 7,000 people. 7,000 plus we had upstairs in the licensed bar <laughs> another two or 3,000. Yeah, yeah. 10,000 people showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so uh, again, uh, the, the phenomenon, uh, the newness of the sport evidently came into play. And uh, as, uh, you know, the, the God wants it, I guess, uh, another knockout by kick. And the same thing happens again, the big, big, big brouhaha about, you know. And it was spectacular because you jump in the air, you're about two feet off the ground, and you do a Ronald's kick, you clocked him, and he went down. That kick went around the world because, and there was no, no internet, but it went around the world, the echoes of Terrio mm -hmm. kicking and knocking people out with a left leg, a right leg, a left hand, a right hand. Then the government of Ontario, Robert LG, who was the MPP, who was a brain surgeon, friends with all the boxing world, said, we're going to do a 90-day moratorium. And I said, uh, why? Well, because a kick to the head is 100 times more powerful than a punch. And I go, come on, guys, you, you, you know, be yeah. smart here. So anyhow, that 90-day lasted three years and three months. So in Ottawa, we were okay because we could fight in Quebec and get right. snow right. and Hull then. Right. Right. And, but Montreal took the lead. And right. Montreal became the hotbed of kickboxing. When we went to Montreal, it, it's like if I watch a black and white boxing movie <laughs> from the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, there was all the lights from the TV. Yeah. And the place was so packed. Yeah. So packed, it was amazing. And everybody was smoking. And you see all the smoke come up. It was like a really cheap <laughs> black and white movie. And you had to fight in there. Yeah. And it was so hot. And, and I remember you were maybe a size 32 or 33 pants. And you'd bring a size 30 for after the fight because you'd <laughs> lost so much weight. And, uh, but some of the best fights were done there. Absolutely. But, but now that put Canada on the map. And many, many great fighters came up. Montreal opened up with uh, our friend Daryl Lanigan, Jersey Long, Renal Lamarqueur de Lyon, yeah. Michel Rochette, yeah. uh, and I'm forgetting some, Lavoie. Yeah, those, those, those people became world champions as well. But how many, how many people do you think drew, uh, Montreal drew that were already uh, world champions? I'm talking about uh, Wilson, Alexio, yeah. Yeah. Thurman. They were world champion, and they came up to Montreal to fight. I mean, that was that's quite revealing. Montreal but was the hotbed. It was Absolutely. so much, and 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 you had a, yeah, there was a good promoter in the Real Madrid, yeah, but yeah. you because of you, buddy. Yeah. That's why everybody wanted to be. Then they got good. Yeah. Then they all want to fight Jean Yves Terrio, yeah, which yeah. is great. They want to fight the best to get the title. No, they didn't show up. That never happened <laughs> out there yeah. because uh, money wise and a whole bunch of things. Now we're going to talk. Thank you for whatever you did for my country and around the world. Yeah. You set that sport on fire, buddy. Yeah. Those three fights yeah. and in between and whatnot. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about a few classic fights. One that took two years to be put together was the uh, Thunder and Ice. You remember Thunder and Ice? Yeah. yeah. At Karate Mania in Atlanta, 1992, I think. And Bob Thunder Terman, he was a good black belt in karate. He was a boxer. He rode Brahma Bulls. Yeah. They, they yeah. rode on that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. USA. Yeah. And he was going to knock out John Niles Theriot and bring the title to America. <laughs> That's right. Right? Take us to that fight. There's 18,000 yeah. people in the Omni. Joe Corley yeah. is the promoter. Um, Bill Wallace is there. Yeah. Joe Lewis is there. Yeah. All the top guys yeah. are there. The no place worries. is packed. Yeah. And you're going to fight. Yeah. You go to that fight because that was a classic. That was a fight in the making, four or five years in the making. Yeah. And he, the, the Thurman camp was uh, saying, well, we want Terry, we want Terry. And uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. Not, no, I'm just joking. But we had, obviously, we had uh, some fights to take care of. And he was doing great in his division. He was good. He was good. And uh, so the fight was uh, uh, promoted by uh, Jim Abernathy, if you With remember. Joe yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim Abernathy Joe Carrad- was the money man. He was the money man. But yeah. Joe Corley, God bless him, man, he did yeah. more for this sport than uh, at least in the United States. He's uh, the goat of promoter. Man. Absolutely. He was yeah. a great man and a very, very nice man. Anyways, uh, um, and so... There's maybe 12, 14,000 people in there. 18,000. 18,000, and there's probably 18 Canadians. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, I go in the, I go in the ring. The, actually, there was a, they didn't have the Canadian anthem. And there's a local guy there that is uh, a singer, a club singer and stuff like that. And he, uh, I think it was Abernathy or, or Corley asked him, could you do the uh, national anthem? And he got the, the words and he said it and uh, a cappella without music. And he hit it, man. He, hit, really? he was, it was absolutely great. And he uh, said, how, how did I do it? I said, you inspired me, my friend. And so... Hang on, hang on. Because, uh, at the, I, because you speak of the national anthem at the press conference. <laughs> Bob Thunderturman yeah, yeah. walks in <clears throat> with the American flag, mm-hmm. born in the USA music from yeah. the boss Springsteen. Yeah. And that's when he starts to scream and yell at you. <laughs> and the American media said, Mr. Iceman, that does not bother you. That Thunder Thurman screams and yells after you, he's going to knock you out and hurt you. What did you say? Well, I remember uh, quite distinctively, I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out something smart to say and this well i came up with with this with this particular and this this uh, sentence sort of st- stuck with a lot of people i said you know what in canada thun- thunder is just a lot of noise so <laughs> so that you know that the whole crowd erupted in, in there because the montreal media the ottawa media were there yeah. they keep going the yeah. fight happens after the the national anthem Na- and we go in there and uh, you know thum- uh, we we face off in the middle and uh, his, his, his coach, his coach, uh, geez, I forget what his name is. Anyways, uh, he, um, Balls Clark gives us the, the, the instructions and uh, his coach says, uh, he doesn't have a black belt, we can't fight. He's trying to throw yeah. me off. Yeah, he and, wanted uh, you to wear a Yeah, black he wanted belt. me to wear a black belt and they gave me a black belt and without, and I told uh, whoever gave it to me, no respect, but I'm not using that. You can find me if you wish, but I'm not, I'm not using a black belt. And so, and so, a blue belt. I was a blue belt. I was a black go, belt. So I'm, I'm true to my, <laughs> my instructor, right? Yeah. And so uh, they, they didn't, uh, oh, geez, I forget his name. Anyways, uh, they didn't really say anything. They're just trying to stall the fight. That's right. And uh, we went at it. And, uh, th- you know, he, I hit him a couple of times, and uh, I hit him with uh, with an uppercut just under the eye, and it started to swell. And uh, uh, the doctor came in between the second and the third round, and checked him. He said, "Okay." And his his coaches were saying, "Just one more, one, one more round, one more round." And you could see in the second round, though, that he was missing. He was really I missing a lot of punches. Yes, yeah. you and, heard him yeah. real bad. And. Um, he, they let him go in the second round or for the fir- third round, and then I was hitting him almost at will, and the referee stopped it. And uh, he claimed after the fight that I hit him with my head. You know, I felt really bad for a while, and I was looking at that, and I, I said, I gotta go over because I don't, I don't remember doing that. And so I, I, I got a hold of the tape, and I looked at it. I said, I never hit him with my head. I hit him with my fist, but he stopped the punches with his head. <laughs> that's right. And that's, that's where the head comes in. That's but it. But you gave him a rematch, of and course. you guys fought in France. Yeah, we, start, we fought in Le Havre, France, and Jean Peters was the uh, promoter. That's right. Correct. And um, we fought under, uh, I think it was about 3,000 people there. And that's, it, was, it was probably because uh, Jean was a, a promoter, a sports promoter, but not necessarily martial arts. No. And... Uh, Anyways, we, we, we set up, fought, and I, I hit him with the left hook, knocked him out cold. And um, unfortunately, I mean, stuff like this happens. He came to and realized that his career was over. He started to cry, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And he came to himself and he said, I'm done. Yeah. I can't be the best in the world. Yeah. I tried him twice. 
he is the best bar none yeah. I'm retiring yeah. and speaking of retirement you retired a lot of fight you and Rocky Marciano in boxing <laughs> back in the yeah. 50s I yeah. think or 40s yeah. but you retired a lot of people yeah. because stepping in the ring with John Yves Taylor, when I had to book the guys to come and fight you they would give me a song and dance they all wanted to fight you then they asked for more money and I say yes but when the bell rang they yeah. had to face you, not me, you, <laughs> right? We had that B&B &B agreement, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I booked the guy, you beat him yeah. up, and that always worked well. There, there's an incident, I, remember, I don't know if you'll remember this. There was, we got a, a fighters at the last minute, and you worked all night to get this guy out of Detroit. Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> Two of them. And uh, one of the guys that I fought came in, and a couple hours before the fight, you were... You were sort of pacing up and down, that son of a bitch. He, he asked me for more money, and he, you happened to tell me. <laughs> and he sort of, you're t the idea was, uh, what I got, said, yeah, yeah, exactly, your subtle yeah, yeah. way. I think he bribed me. If I'm not giving you this much more money, I'm leaving. Take care of it, champ. <laughs> yeah, take care of it. Yeah. Let so him earn his paycheck. Yeah. And uh, so, so that was a good fight. And, yeah. and I remember this. This was like, this is a promoter's nightmare. The main event and semi-final, the, the guys don't show up the day before, mm -hmm. all night, all night. I, anyhow, some people in Detroit that we know send them over. We spoke about Betis, first fight, world title defense. Betis wanted a rematch. We gave it to him in Montreal. That was also a good That's fight. A great fight. That was it. A great it, fight, it yeah. you, you knocked him out, I think, in the seventh. Yes, sir. Seventh round. Yeah. But it was, it was a perfect fight for the both of you. Mm -hmm. And I give Baptiste a lot of credit. He tried his best. And for Montreal, the yeah. place was packed because yeah. they knew that Baptiste had went the distance with right. you, yeah. right? And he knew because he's been knocking every, you know, Peter, Paul, and maybe Mary, I don't know, but he's knocking out people all yeah. over. Yeah. And he was good. Kerry Roop. Yeah. Kerry Roop became world heavyweight champion fought and beat Joe Lewis for the title, and Joe Lewis was king. You fought him two three or three times, times. yeah. Three times, yeah. I, I, I remember the first time you had, no, the first time, was it in Ottawa? No, it first was time in Kitchener. was in uh, Kitchener or Toronto. It may have been Toronto. It could be. I think, anyways, I fought him uh, f uh, four, uh, five rounds, and um, be, won a decision. I remember I hit him with a, a right punch, and I smushed my my middle yeah. knuckle there and um, the following fight I was fighting Ralph Hollett for the world cha for the Canadian, Canadian championship title. tough guy Hollett no, no good kidding. boxer Canadian absolutely. champion absolutely. in boxing and uh, for a month I couldn't use my right hand and yeah. so I, w I developed that that hook in any event uh, second fight I fought him here in Ottawa and I think it was the third or third or fourth round I hit him and I knocked him out and uh, broke his jaw. Remember that? Jaw. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Told me he was eating soup for a while. <laughs> and yeah. then you, you, the last time you fought Kerry Roop was in Montreal. Yes, sir. In boxing, a boxer had died the week before exactly. in a boxing match. Exactly. Took too many shots. Kerry Roop came in, and Kerry Roop is. And when we speak about Thurman and Batiste and Kerry oh. Roop and Wilson, and these guys were top, 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 top athletes. Top shelf. And Kerry Roop, you, you, you were manhandling him like physically with punch and kicks. You were controlling every round and more and more and more. And I forget which round. And seven. after a round, seventh round, seventh round yeah. he said, that's it. Yeah. Uh, they throw in the towel. Yeah. He, he said, I had flashback. I couldn't beat him. And the flashback that I had was this guy was dead in the ring yeah. a week before. Yeah. One of the sidelines to that was uh, his, his daughters were with him. Yes, and, yes, exactly. Uh, which is, you know, unique, I suppose. Uh, maybe not something I would have done, but in any event, his daughters were with him, and he was getting, you know, drummed around quite a bit. And uh, between uh, the sixth and the seventh round, uh, I didn't hear it because I was focused on what I was doing. But uh, somebody in my camp said uh, his daughters were saying, enough, Daddy. Yeah, and, 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 That's and, tough. You know... Um, on, on November, 9, November 1st, 2019, I had called him because Baptiste couldn't do it right. for him to come in. But I'm going to use a word now. I'm going to switch from the fight game to a little bit something else. Mm -hmm. 
namaste. Namaste. Basically, what it means is when the physical and the spiritual come together, right? Mm -hmm, the acknowledgement mm -hmm. of your soul. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I want people to understand that my best friend is Namaste. John mm -hmm. Yves with all the charities that you supported with your name mm -hmm. and all the money that you raised, I know you raised half a million to a million dollars to help children mostly, food banks, yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Am I correct by saying Absolutely, that? Absolutely, yeah. Now, I'm going to add a little something to that. The friendship that we have is so strong. Friendship is not based on one big thing that you do for somebody. It's appreciated. Mm -hmm. It's based on millions of little things. Absolutely. And that's what we have lived. Absolutely. Millions of yeah. little things. And and when I talk about your charity, I think that the people should know how generous you are, especially when it comes to children. Mm -hmm. On November 1st, 2019, Capital Conquest in Ottawa, I get a call from Make-A-Wish Foundation. They said, Mr. Teddy, is there a way you could raise $10,000 to help this child who is on his last mile, who needs this so to make his dream come true? I said, let me get back to you. I started to think, and I came to see you right here. And I said, chap, I got a fight for you on November 1st at Capital Conquest. Okay. You said, uh, I'm 65 years old. What are you talking about a fight? I said, well, uh, no, 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 I'm retired. I said, well, let me tell you the story. And I told you about to help this kid, and you said, all right, I'm in. Yeah. But I knew you would say yes, because your heart's at the right place. So then we, we called Batiste to come in, and that was going to be Batiste Terrio 3. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. And Batiste about the same age. But there was a little problem with his manager, and yeah. it didn't happen. So we got Ben Ladoussard to come in. Yeah. Ben, that was the biggest day of his life. Well, we did not raise $10,000. How much did we raise? Well, we raised over $25,000. We helped three kids with yeah, that. Yeah. And, and to this day, I mean, I love you forever, you know that, but for this day, I oh, go, well, three this, kids, champs. It's one of our, our, our uh, great accomplishments is to, yeah. and, and incidentally, uh, um, you know, I, I do have, because of how I was raised, yeah. and part of how I, was, how I was raised was here at the dojo, I remember uh, very, very distinctively uh, you at Christmas uh, going to a family that was not as uh, lucky as we were. Uh, that just Christmas, and every month somebody was benefiting for your for, from your charity. So you know, it, it's all very nicely that you tell me, but I, I learned from somebody, and part of that was from you. Thank you, mon frère. I'm going to go another route. How many people have you trained and showed them the gift of the life in your vision for martial arts? Yeah. So many of them. You know, like we look locally, there's Ben Nadusad and the Fighters, world amateur champion. Mm -hmm. Steve Gepetti. Mm -hmm. I was watching on Zoom. Son of a gun, this guy's good. Yeah. This guy is a machine. He's a 100% product of you, same as Ben. Scott Jurgen. Holy crap. Scott Jurgen was another strong hitter Absolutely. and a good technician. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, like you've got a vision for the future, and that's, and that's going pretty good. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we, uh, as you well know, we've been promoting, I say we because we've been part, we've been um, together for almost 50 years and uh, all my career as a fighter, and we hooked up uh, to do some events uh, Outside yeah. of the the, uh, the fighting ring, uh, we promoted yeah. some fights. We did uh, uh, the Capital Conquest. I was uh, lucky enough to assist you in some of the areas there. And um, um, over the course of years, uh, there, were, there were fighters that uh, immense talent, immense talent. Unfortunately, maybe the only one that I was lucky enough to to sort of uh, help or assist was Ben because he went all the yeah. way to the top. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, Scott. Scott. Scott easily could have been uh, t 
tier, elite, top tier world champion. And he's a scientist. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a space uh, engineer, special yeah, engineer. A rocket scientist, man. <laughs> and uh, over the years, a lot of them, the, the girls as well, um, and, you know, some of them not, not even interested in going into the fight game. No. But the influence that the school had uh, on them was life-changing. It life was. Changing. It, it was. And you know, speaking of that, where do you see kickboxing in 10 years or 20 years or yourself? Yeah. You know? Well, I'm, well, I'm going to be in the gym all, you know, the rest of my life. Yeah, we're rats. Uh, we're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to tell you that, uh, you know, kickboxing has a great future. I'm not sure on that. Um, things change. Things change. And f because of guys like you and I that, are interested in promoting our yep. passion, uh, there will all be some always be some fighters. But there's also other sports that may influence these, go these yeah. guys in going there. That's right. Um, Look at uh, Patrick Arsenault. Pat Arsenault, Started in yeah. jiu-jitsu, went to kickboxing. He's doing MMA now. MN, BJJ yeah. and MMA. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's so many different... I mean, kickboxing is a specialty. That's right. And, you know, MMA is a specialty as well. I mean, you have to be able, well-rounded and stuff like, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a specialty and karate is a specialty. Yeah. And so, you know, people have a much, much bigger choice now than ever. And so we're not going to get lost in this, no. in this forest of martial arts, but uh, we do have com competitors. If we stay, yes, that's right. And, and, but it's good. I, I, call that, I call that the growth of the martial arts, the combat sports. Absolutely. Just to finish on Namaste, and we're almost done with the interview. The other one that is so special, the charities are good. You've raised half a million to a million dollars, maybe more. The people you've helped. Mm. The people that you got a lifeline for your vision of the future. Tell us about the Tuesday guy. <laughs> That's the best one in my book. The uh, Tuesday guy. Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> My mom, who's now retired and living no in Arizona, yeah, 93. 93. Well, also, also, she's still looking for a job. Yes, I yeah, told yeah, you. Yeah. Sorry, you. Yeah. <laughs> she, she said, I got to get a job. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, we, uh, she's now in a retirement home and she's comfortable and she likes it. At the beginning, you know, she, she resisted for a couple of years. And no, I don't want to go there. They're all old people, she's, she would say. <laughs> and. Uh, for six months, I would go every every week and go and visit her and, you know, do her, um, help her out and stuff like that. And for six months, at least six months, she would say, I want to go home. I mean, that's heart-wrenching, man. I want to go home. Mom, <laughs> mom, you're home. You don't want to insist on it, but you'll be fine, mom. You'll be fine. Anyways, we developed, uh, as you well know, I have five brothers and I'm uh, number three on there. And I go there and I call myself the Tuesday guy because on Tuesday I go there and I eat with her and I, I you know, uh, fix her apartment a little bit and what do you need, mom, and stuff like that. So she has visit every every day for the whole week. Everybody yeah. good. And you know, sometimes big things happen on a Tuesday and I call you and I say, hey, champ, we got something big. Where with the Ottawa Senators and the NHL, they want you and me to go there in the box. You say, I can't. Why? It's, I'm the Tuesday I'm guy. The Tuesday you guy. never backed out of that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, yeah. I remember, I remember you, I don't know, I think it was either on the weekend, but you would always go and see your mom. Yes, and, yes. and uh, I miss her today. Of She's course, gone. And, of course. And, and I remember the, the, the joy that you, that you had and the, you know, and the, and the pain and the sore that you felt when uh, she unfortunately passed. Yeah. Um, and that was also a lesson for me. I mean, I, you know, I, I would go and see my mom anyways, but I, I understood that it's important, uh, not for me, but for her. I mean, it's important for me as well to have children, and, and I want them to understand that uh, family, there's nothing. No. Nothing more no, important the, than family. Family is it. Yeah. Champ, we're at the end. Yeah. I got a few minutes left, and I want to share something with you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. First of all, before we do a rundown on a few questions, you have an opportunity to have dinner with anybody you want, mm. dead or alive. Mm -hmm. Who do you choose? Think about that. Who do you choose? Let's skip it, okay? I know who. Let's skip it. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to answer with one word, okay? 
Sorry about that. That's all right, my father. I know it's your father, and, that, and, and when I saw the tears come in, I understand. Jive, Jive. Best food. One. Pasta. 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 Good. Good. Best, best wine. Best wine. Uh, Brunello, Italian. Brunello. Hey, hey, I got a <laughs> bottle for tonight. <laughs> Brunello, yeah. Brunello. Favorite movie of all time? Uh, the Godfather. Godfather One. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Godfather, yes, Godfather One. <laughs> yes, sir. You've been around the world for fighting, and you do so many seminars around the world. Yeah. Which is the favorite city you visited? Oh, my God. Um... I, I, that's a difficult one because there are, great, there, yeah, there are so great, great, great cities all over the world. It's the company that I was keeping. Yeah, that's right. The company that I was keeping, evidently you were part of this and we had some amazing uh, uh, trips, amazing moments together. Could have been Ottawa, could have been you know Naples, uh, it could have been Rome, it, it, it didn't really matter. It's the, the company, and obviously my wife Leslie, um, it really didn't matter where I was if I'm with the right company. And I, that reminds me, so I, I read something the other day. How much would you spend on a bottle of wine? Uh, maybe a half hour. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was a great one. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Favorite music? I know you like, I like music. blues. Blues, yeah. Like yeah blues. Rock and roll, of course. Rock yeah, and of roll. course. <laughs> when we're rockers from back then. Right. Um, any hobby? Or other sport that you practice? I like, uh, I, I, I play guitar a little bit. I, don't, I can't say that it's a hobby, but it's an escape for me. I'll, yeah. I'll pick up the guitar and I'll scratch it for, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And uh, it just takes me away from wherever. I'm, I, I can't think of anything else. Um, sports, I like sports. Uh, I like team sports now. As a okay. kid, maybe not so much. Certainly as an athlete, I didn't really... Uh, participate in team sports because um, I didn't want to let I, di I didn't want to be let down by somebody else's performance or, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. myself or myself if yeah. I can't you know yeah. keep up with the rest I mean I you know so, so, uh, so. yeah <laughs> well I'll tell you what in closing in closing I want to thank you for being in my life mm -hmm. we grew up together together you became the world champion Together, I became the man of the destiny for kickboxing, yeah. promoter, manager. You yeah. became a best friend, a father, or whatever it is. I just want to say, you have one more mission that I booked you for. You know that. You <laughs> yes. are booked to be the MC at my 100th birthday, and you got to be there. Because when you're booked, you're, you're booked. booked. <laughs> so everyone, the greatest of all time, all right, our own goat in Canada, the Iceman, Jean-Yves. You made this sport, and for that, we are forever grateful. Thank you. My brother. Love you, brother. I love you, too. <laughs>